What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I am your host, Brett McGrath, and it's Friday, and you know what that means, another conversation with a content marketer. I am excited for this one. I'm bringing on Justin from TechSmith, a connection from LinkedIn, someone that I got connected with, with former guest, got to get him back on here at some point, Dominic Kent. He uh, he connected us via LinkedIn and had a great time learning from Justin. I think you're going to learn a ton about how to think about content marketing from a new lens. Really smart guy. If you like what you've been hearing on the 3C podcast, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review if you think we're doing a good job. Go to thejuicehq.com. Check out our content. Drop in your email and get our newsletter. Check out what we're doing and what we'll be up to here in the next few weeks. We're really excited to share. This is a fun one. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I am excited. I am here with a content marketer that has a lot of ideas. I was referred to him. I think a lot of what we've been talking about on the show lines up with the way he approaches his role and his job. I'm joined today by Justin Simon of TechSmith. Justin, how are you? Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me on. Can't wait to chat. Yeah, I, I'm really excited for this conversation. I know, you know, the agenda is a little bit loose, but I think just the, you know, overall, there's a lot to talk about in the content space, in the content consumption space. And maybe we just start here. I think maybe what brought us together was this idea that there are kind of these, these two schools of thought when it comes to B2B marketing these days. You've got, you know, this more traditional school of thought that involves people that are creating content that are trying to play to the algorithms of Google. So they get noticed that when somebody comes, when they search for something, there's a key phrase and there goes the company name and someone lands on that, go through the process of, you know, filling out a form, learning more about the company than involving the sales team. And then there's this kind of new school of thought where it's more like, all right, well, let's just create content that is valuable to our end user and um, go all in at being helpful and be confident that what we're doing from a brand perspective is going to eventually get these people to where we want them to be. And that's using our product. So there's some overlap there, but those are kind of like the two things that I'm seeing as I talk with more um, B2B marketers. What, which is, what's your reaction and your thoughts on just kind of that old and new mentality? Yeah, I think a lot of it depends on sort of the factors in terms of what is going to drive for your actual business outcome. So, you know, what do your bosses care about in a lot of ways? But if you have free reign, you know, you could go in many, many different ways. And a lot of people are going in in many, many different ways, including what you talked about, where, you know, it seems counterintuitive to just create good content. It, it, there's a le level above that and below it if you if you take it that way. But the idea that you can simply talk about your product and try to jam through leads, quote unquote leads, and then try to get somebody to convert, that's more the old school model that I would say, where the new school model, again, it's just it feels like it's not enough, but just being helpful in, in creating content that people actually care about and at the same time can move the needle. I think that's the other part that you have to consider. You can't just, you know, talk about anything. You do have to talk about things that 
that tie back to the business and, and, and work like that. But this idea of, you know, getting stuck in some sort of, you know, content creation loop where you're only focused on your products and your services. My idea of content is to almost never, at least from, from a pure content marketing standpoint, is to almost never talk solely about product or talk about the service. You know, I, I like to think about it, and, and this is not an original thought, but I like to think about it in the way of you are going to give away your best stuff, like your best stuff for free and really own that. Like we're going to give every bit of stuff that we have to you, the end user, because two things will happen. One, there will be some people who take that information and actually do want to apply that information and use it and be able to get something done. And then there's a whole other side, especially if you run a service business that they might think that's awesome, but they don't have the ability to do it. And then they're going to want to contact you because you've shown that you're the place to get that done. Yeah, no, I I totally uh, agree. And I think, you know, the thing that stands out for me and just that description that you talked about is just like being a marketer that comes from a place of abundance. And I think, you know, abundant, being abundant, there's some patience along with it. And it's like, if you've been in the marketing game for a while, you know, especially B2B, it is a, it is a long game and it takes a while to drive conversion. So how, I guess, I think at some level, we we're fortunate to work around people that believe in the way we're operating and believe in the long game maybe because they've had experience in a marketing position or a marketing role, but like, what's your, what's your advice to people out there that, you know, might be kind of stuck in this old way, know they need to move towards the new way, but first have to kind of manage up and manage that conversation with their, their, you know, bosses on, you know, we just need to give everything away for free. Like how do you even start that conversation? Yeah, it can be really brutal depending on how, and what those situations are for particular employees and particular companies. For me, I think one of the benefits is now I come from a more SEO background before I came from like a pure sort of brand content marketing play. And so for me, the reason I like tying in SEO along with pure content marketing and branding is you can, you can usually tie that back to something if you start ranking and if you start converting. So that gives you a little bit of skin in the game to start doing the rest of the stuff. So you can be strategic. And I think that's what I would suggest as you're starting out is be strategic in terms of picking out a few key areas where you can start to rank and maybe start to get a little bit of traction and then prove that out. And then that way, that helps you tie back into the, you know, the more branding side, which is a little bit, you know, less performance based. And, and that way you can sort of use the best of both worlds to where you can use maybe some more organic content to sort of drive those conversions while at the same time using, you know, a more pure content marketing play to get your brand out. Yeah, I love that. And I think you're fortunate based on your background and experience to be able to lean into that, the, the SEO background. And I think, you know, undeniably SEO works, it's proven, right? There are hundreds of companies that have built their business on the fact that SEO works. I think the, I'd love to hear the, 
the the line you should walk as a content marketer because I think you know the extreme is we've all landed on the the page you land you're searching for something you land on a page because you're trying to look for a key topic and learn from and you're reading a post and you're just like this is just stuffed full of keywords and mm-hmm. isn't helpful and like this this post sucks so how do you walk the the line when you're thinking about creating your content to you know play into the algorithm game but but also not lose sight of creating and writing this content for human beings right it comes down to intent for me and i always focus on the end user first and focus on google second and for me it it really ends up working well that way you of course have to sort of appease google in some way shapes or form to be able to rank and be able to come up with things. But Google's also getting way smarter to where there's a lot of factors tying it in with, you know, usability, accessibility, how long somebody stays on the page, like all of those things that are actually like what makes up good content that Google likes. Like Google's only going to get more and more interested in serving users what they want. And so that's where as a content creator, it's fun because you can think about both ways and think about how to get a customer or a potential customer to come in without necessarily jamming down keywords down their throat and trying to get... at the end of the day it doesn't if somebody comes in and they don't find it helpful or useful they'll bail or google will eventually you know bail you out anyway and kick you you know kick you out and you're not going to you're not going to rank anyway so for me it's really trying to be much more focused in terms of what the end user wants. And honestly, it ties back to what we said earlier. It's just creating useful, helpful content. And again, that can be a pure organic play as a useful piece of content. Absolutely. And I'd be remiss not to ask, talk about TechSmith, what TechSmith does and and who is the audience that you're serving when you're creating content? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have several products that we have in the, uh, screen capture, video editing space, workplace communication space. And for us, the audiences are, are wide, anywhere from you know trainers to content marketers to uh, solopreneurs all across the, all across the gamut that we have people creating things. But for us, it's really about sharing knowledge through images and videos and using images and videos in a way that can tie the knowledge that you have in your head out to other people. It's really that that basic. And so, for instance, it could be anywhere from creating a full-on course and course videos to creating a YouTube video, to creating a social video, to creating a series of screenshots that walk somebody through a how-to document. You know, any any and all of those things where we're using images and videos to communicate effectively with other people. Totally. And I think the the interesting spot we're in as, you know, content marketers is that we are also on the other side and we can show empathy as the content consumer. So for us, as we're, you know, we're creating content regularly, but then there's also opportunities where we're out there searching for something new or or seeking out content in, in our space. Maybe talk to me about what are the the things that stand out to you in terms of when you're con- the content consumer that you like and what are some things that regularly hit you that you don't like so much just from a content putting putting on your content consumer hat yeah i mean for me it's 
it's becoming more and more multimedia. It's becoming as a, as a consumer, I am much more interested in watching a video than I am reading a blog post, like much, much more interested in that. I'm much more interested in watching several YouTube videos than I am, than I am to sit down and read and consume that. Literally before we hopped on a call here, I was watching a course video that was, you know, over an hour and 20 minutes long. I put it at 2x, you could watch it in 40 minutes, consume the info and move on with my life, right? Like it's just a different way to consume content. And, and one of the things that we've been using too uh, at TechSmith is we're actually creating channels for our content. So we might make one video for our video workflow series, for instance, and that video gets put on YouTube, but then it also gets put on a, a full-on bingeable channel on our website and at the same time gets turned into a podcast episode that <laughs> drops every week and at the same time gets turned into a blog post. So you're creating this one piece of content that can be spit out across. And that to me is the key in content marketing heading forward is it's working smarter and not harder. So I can create one piece of content and I can cut that up in a lot of different ways rather than constantly have to be rethinking the wheel of like, okay, I need to make something happen here. And for the end user, there's times where sure, I'll sit down and watch the video and I'll kind of play in the background, or I might read the blog post or skim through it at least, or maybe I just want to listen to the podcast. And we allow the user to choose what they want and how they want to consume the content versus us dictating, well, it's on YouTube, go check it out. I love that. And I, I think, you know, probably uh, inherently, you know, as you know, video being a, a big piece of your business that you as a marketer, you know, are like, well, we got to do video, you know? And so, you know, you've done a nice job of capitalizing on these mega trends of video and audio. And you just talked about streamlining the process. How, what have you learned, I guess, throughout the, the different uh, mediums that you're using and how you're distributing it? Has there been any surprises or how, what have you learned from just the numbers in terms of your audience? Um, what do they like? Anything that stands out to you? I think the biggest surprise as somebody who works for a software company has been this idea of it doesn't matter who creates the content. So it doesn't matter if a marketer made the content. It doesn't matter if a instructional designer made the content. It doesn't matter if the CEO makes a piece of content, depending on what your company is. What matters is that that end user can find what they need when they need it. And the walls are sort of getting blurred, especially in the software industry, to where the companies that are going to create really, really good content for their end users are the ones who can constantly create this how-to content, especially in the SaaS space. If you've got a product like Slack or, you know, that's a big one, but there, there's dozens and hundreds and thousands of SaaS products these days. But what matters in that is if you can control that message, if you can type, if somebody has a qu question about your product and you don't show up in Google for it, that's a huge red flag and a huge opportunity for you to be able to create that content, especially video content. So if you have a software company, at least speaking for me, if I have a problem with Asana or that we use for project management, I just want a quick video that shows me how to fix that problem. I don't want to have to read through a huge help file or a huge, you know, huge document that I got to skim through to figure out what my problem is. I can just kind of quickly watch it and get through it. 
And that is really where I think the next level for these content creators is, is merging all of those things to where it could be, you know, at the tippy top of the funnel, five ways you can do X, Y, and Z. But at the exact same time, you have all these customers who want to get better with your product. And then you can help them do that by creating all of those pieces of content. Like we just talked about, you can create videos, you can create help files, you can create podcast episodes. (laughs) You know, there's really no shortage of the things you can create. And it's not just for marketers either. Totally. I think there's this I know you you have your uh, ear to the ground and you're reading a lot and watching a lot. It seems like there's been this upward trend on companies that are talking more about customer marketing and opportunities within doing exactly what you just described. And I think it makes a lot of sense uh, to me in moving in that direction. And there's still being a ton of opportunities to be helpful. I'd be curious, um, I don't want to move past this, but you said something about it not mattering the people who are creating the content. And I, I totally agree with that. I think you know the most successful companies that in terms of building brand and driving awareness and being helpful are able to rally their entire company around the idea of content and its importance and get multiple people in multiple disciplines to participate in the delivery of that. I'm curious just in terms of like what you're doing, how are you getting people within your organization bought in that to the value of being a part of the content production process who might not be in marketing? Yeah. I mean, we, we have multiple people throughout the company who, who work on, on different types of content right now. And so what we're trying to do is figure out how to utilize those things in the best way possible. We, we're not perfect, but we're trying to get better at it. And I think what we're trying to look at is at the end of the day, we're trying to create a, a piece of content or a section for content for people, regardless of who makes it, whether it's siloed amongst you know, a marketer or you know, uh, through the support team or who, whoever it is, those things need to all tie together and work cohesively rather than split out. So for instance, having co- companies, and again, it depends on the, the size of the company, the type of you know people that are there. So there's, there's blurriness there, but the people who, if you can have a wide swath of the con- content, quote unquote content, because it's all sort of content, if you have a wide view of all of the things you you have, you'll stop duplicating effort. You'll stop, you know, stepping on toes. You'll stop trying to even incidentally trying to compete over particular keywords sometimes, you know, or or subjects or topics unknowingly. So I think it's having the conversations in unifying the overall content plan amongst the different teams across the company. I love it. And I want to hear you talk through the process and I'm going to just throw something out at you. And the, the, what I wanted, you talked about having different types of people who use your product. It makes a lot of sense based on what the product is. How, how do you go about thinking about creating a piece of content for one of these different segments or groups from like start to finish? Like what are your steps? Because I think like one of the things I've noticed that companies who are winning are doing are thinking strategically about each of their personas that might buy their product and catering to them. 
but what companies I think that aren't winning are doing are just kind of have this blanket generic message to, to everyone. So I'd be curious based on like the segmentation and your content creation process, like how you go about it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's being strategic around those different audiences and understanding the audience before you go to create a piece of content. So every piece, at least for my team, we, we outline, you know, you know, five core questions of every time we go to even before we write pen to paper of a blog post, for instance. So we might have the topic idea, but then we're going to figure out, okay, who is the audience? And some of them might be multiple audiences. So if you, if, you know, if we want to make how to make a YouTube video, it's a little bit broad. You don't, you know, necessarily what your job function is on that. It could be, you know, somebody working at a company. It could be a somebody, an entrepreneur trying to do their own thing could be anybody, but you can start to narrow that down and say, okay, I don't know your job description, quote unquote, but I know what you're trying to solve. I know what problem you're trying to solve. And I can create a piece of content for that particular person. And thinking about those individual pieces of those segments. So rather than trying to create the end all be all piece, sometimes you do get a little bit nuanced in terms of what you create out out of that and less focused on trying to create this really broad, almost vanilla piece of content. You know, I think especially the more and more now, I just see a lot of bad (laughs) SEO or bad bad attempts at SEO in a lot of ways. Uh, And it's because it's just vanilla and it doesn't, it, it doesn't really try to drive results. It might, you might rank at a super high top level, but if it's not moving the needle for the company, it's a waste of time. If, it, if it's vanity, it's just a vanity metric. We don't like vanity metrics over here. We need to flush those down the toilet. So in understanding the, the audience, I'm curious, there's a lot of potentially like, what does that mean? How do you do that? And it, to me, it's, it's, it seems simple, right? Like let's, if we're approaching a new audience or trying to enter a new market, like let's map out what those people are, what they care about, and let's have some conversations with them and learn about them. Do do you have a process or have you gone through a process to make sure like to ensure that you know exactly like the, the, the solopreneur, like, Mm -hmm. or the, or the, the marketer, like, how do you ensure that the message that you're creating resonates with each of those individuals? What types of things are you doing? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of pillar content. So I'm a huge, huge fan to try to just pick a, you know, depending on, so we, we make Camtasia, a, a video editing software screen recorder in which you could make a million different types of videos, depending on what you do. For this instance, we'll just say, you know, you want to make a YouTube video and there's a million disparate things that can come out out of how to make a YouTube video. It's, you know, ideas, examples, you know, you could really go the gamut in terms of creating content for folks. I mean, one of the dead simplest ways is, you know, you don't even need to do content, quote unquote, keyword research. You just need Google, depending on what 
type of questions your audience is asking. I mean, when you, from that side, and again, I think your your best bet is to actually talk to customers in terms of what they want to do. But you can go to Google, slap in a keyword, and almost every search results these these days have you know people also ask dot dot dot. You know, you scroll down to the bottom, and it's got a bazillion questions that. And Google isn't just picking those questions out of thin air. Those are questions that lots of people are asking every single month. So, I mean, it's super low hanging fruit, a lot of ways just to skim through those. And, and they're, they're questions that people are asking that you can solve for them and, and picking those things out. So, and there's nuance, some things hit, some things don't, you know, depending on the audience, but uh, even that little sort of tip there to go through the, the search results and look at what people are asking, there's just a mine, uh, a whole stuff to mine through and, and pick up on. That's good. Do, do you have, I'd love to know what, what is something that you think B2B content marketers should be doing more of, and maybe what is something that just needs to stop? They need to stop doing this. Like what are some examples that come top of mind for you? Oh man. Yeah. I think in my experience, uh, B2B marketers need to they're starting to, but need to tap into video and need to tap into utilizing themselves in their video uh, and think more along the lines of create, because what that will do is it'll create a personal inner, a personal experience and interaction with their buyers. Because whether it's B2B, B2C, it's all a person at the end of the day. So the more humanized you can create your content, and the more of a human you can talk to your audience through, the far, far better than you'll be, you're going to be. I mean, that's, the, that's probably the key uh, heading into the next, you know, at least three to five years is this idea of personalized content and being able to um, utilize video in a way, whether it's a one-off conversation with people with prospects or creating custom videos it's all tying back into you being able to show your face being able to show your product being being able to um do it in a way that's more instantaneous i think video i mean this year video has kind of started to break away especially as more and more people kind of get comfortable being on camera through zoom and understand like zoom alone is a great way to just kind of get your feet wet a little bit in terms of like being comfortable on camera and understanding that. But the, the way that folks are going to connect with, especially companies moving forward are going to be, they want to see your face. They don't necessarily want to see your logo. Yeah. I, I could not agree more. Um, people want to work with people. People don't necessarily want to work with companies. They view products as commodities. And I, I, that like what you just described is something that I'm certainly a, a believer in and something I'm trying to lean in heavily as, as we spin up this company. I, I want to close out with this. I heard you say, when we did our prep call, you said, I'm just trying to help people. And this philosophy of just trying to help people, which I love, I think it makes a, it a ton of sense. What are some things that you can share with, with the audience in terms of just trying to help people, things that people can be doing that might be basic and simple, but they might be overlooking now in terms of creating content? Yeah, I, I think not, not thinking of thinking more nuanced around your content to where content doesn't mean a blog post. It doesn't mean a 
video, even necessarily like a YouTube video, what it can mean is a LinkedIn post. It can mean a tweet. It can, it can mean uh, a YouTube video. And so I think understanding how it all ties in together um, is huge. I think for us, the, you know, one of the biggest things that we've seen is this idea of using video in a way that ties into the rest of the stuff you're making. Like I talked about earlier, being able to actually, you know, it, it doesn't have to be all that difficult. You can start uh, a little live show or a little conversation with your audience and be genuine and try to be helpful. And then you can take those things and break them up the, the, at, the, at a very easy level. It's taking all of your most useful, helpful content that you've created, whether it's how to's, whether it's listicles, what are all those things. And you can repurpose those on every single social channel imaginable in 10 different formats at different points throughout the next six months, because it's not it's not the, the, you don't have to rethink everything. You don't have to start from scratch. You can take stuff you already have, repurpose it and try it in different formats and learn what works best. Because just because you posted something six months ago, doesn't mean every single person saw it. So like even this episode, you know, this episode, it's evergreen enough that Brett, you could replay this and recut it in six different ways, eight months from now, and it would be just as real for somebody else to listen to. Like you already know my plan of attack. I, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. What I hear there is don't be a content factory, maximize your content, distribute it in different channels, use it. It, it is, uh, don't let it sit on the shelf and collect dust. Justin, this was so much fun. What is go like? What is a show or something from on the TechSmith side that you can plug that might be helpful for anyone listening? Yeah, definitely. So we have um, we have a main podcast that we do multiple multiple times a week called the Visual Lounge. We interview people every single week in different industries around creating images and videos. We also have sort of a side spinoff with that called Video Workflow where we talk about creating a video workflow and how you can consistently create videos regardless of your industry. So we talk everything from planning to video editing to how to set up and look good on camera. And that happens every single Friday. If you uh, want to check it out, you can check it out at techsmith.com slash video workflow. And we add new videos to that uh, channel every single week. Awesome. Justin, thank you so much for your time. Everyone out there, hopefully you learned something. I know I did. Have to have you back on. Talk to you soon, Justin. Awesome. Thank you. Man, I learned a ton from Justin. Make sure you go check him out on LinkedIn. He's always dropping great posts. They show up in my feed weekly. I really appreciate the connection and him dropping knowledge on this show. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. And I'll be back on Monday with another one.